Hello, I'm Francine, host of Coping to Care, a podcast series created and produced by Blue Care that features guests who share their expertise and life experiences to empower our loved ones in our communities. Our aim is to serve as a friendly resource for seniors and their families. Today, I'd like to introduce our special guest, Steve Welch, CEO and founder of veteran-owned and operated Steve Welch Canine Rehabilitation. With over 40 years of animal training experience, Steve has perfected the most effective methods that really work. He and his staff train service dogs, guard dogs, family protection dogs, search and rescue dogs, therapy dogs, emotional dogs, and everything in between. Welcome, Steve. Hi, how are you? Oh, doing great. So what inspired you to become an animal trainer? Well, uh, my father was a trainer. My great-grandfather was a trainer. And I took this up because I, I had the same love for animals they did. I just expanded on it more than they did. But I started out training horses and dogs for my family. Um, I had a brother that raised miniature poodles, another brother that raised collies, and my mother who raised doxies, and I raised German shepherds. And they didn't know what they were doing, so I had to show the dogs and train them for them and all that. Wow. So you were just a natural at it, I guess. Well, yeah, and I've learned from a lot of other trainers because I would apprentice for them, and then I'd watch what they do, and I'd improve on it. Oh, okay, great. I understand that you are a veteran and your employees are all veterans too. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm a Vietnam veteran. Um, I've been through some cancers myself. I've been through eight cancers um, over the last 16 years. And um, my employees, I don't really have employees. They're all volunteers and they volunteer. You know, sometimes it's the whole family. Sometimes it's just one of them, Um, but they've been learning with me for years. Well, that's wonderful. Um, now, you've got different programs, and one of them is called uh, Trained to Obey. Can you talk a little bit about the Trained to Obey program? Okay. Well, the Trained to Obey program involves just basic obedience on a dog so that they stay in their home forever because a lot of people surrender their dogs because of a lack of training and, you know, problem solving. <clears throat> right. And we do a lot of problem solving. Housebreaking is usually a big issue. Barking is a big issue. Jumping or biting. And these are all things that are natural for a dog. And if you know how to, to fix them, it's pretty quick. So the Train to Obey program is basically doing the heel, sit, stay, down, come, and proper manners around out in public. Yeah, that just reminds me. Yesterday I was on a walk, and there was a beautiful um, dog. I think he was a big brown dog. And... Um, I said, oh, how cute. And the, the owner said, oh, he's, he's friendly. So I came up and petted him. And then within a few seconds, he started just barking at me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, um, is it my hat? So I took off my hat. And he, he barked even more. And he wanted to just jump over the fence. And so she's like, you lost your opportunity, you know. But um, that dog was not trained or something was going on. Well, you know, the problem is, most people think of training last, if at all, because they don't understand, you know, it's not always the dog that needs the training. A lot of times it's the human mm-hmm. because they just don't know how to, well, let's put it this way. It's always the human, really. Okay. Because if they understood what their dog was doing wrong, like what, were you petting this dog through a fence? Um, well, it was over the fence because he was hanging over the top 
you know, okay. just so like a friendly lab type of dog, you know. Right. So that's but see, because you're petting him over a fence, you got to think like the dog. Yeah, that's his territory, right? Right. Uh, even though you were able to pet him, he became defensive. And uh, that's what they call territorial defensive behavior. Yeah. Okay. And now a flight off the out of the fence probably would have been fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, now you talked about trained to obey. And what about trained to protect? I know that's for police dogs, firehouse dogs, maybe. Um, can you explain about trained to protect? Well, trained to protect um, includes a lot of different types of dogs because we do a lot of police dogs. We do a lot of search and rescue dogs, a lot of FEMA dogs. And trained to protect just means that you have a dog that is like a light switch. So you have to, of course, get the obedience down on and off leash. You also have to teach this dog to follow verbal commands and physical actions. Like if you're under attack, the dog should protect you automatically and not bite the wrong person. Uh, in, in police work, they teach the dogs nowadays to bite whoever's on bottom. If that happens to be the officer, he's the one that gets bit. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so our training is a little bit different because we, we have the dog bite the suspect, not the handler, no matter who's on bottom. So we have dogs that we use for guard work. We have dogs that we, you know, for businesses being robbed. Uh, we have dogs for in-home invasion. Um, we have dogs for um, stalkers um, that they go with them to work. You know, these stalkers are everywhere. When you have one, and you don't know when you're safe. So we do that kind of work. I do a lot of military sniper dogs, explosives dogs. Um, you know, it's a lot of drug dogs, you know, termite, um, bed bug. You know, the dogs uh, that would there and they all fall under the service dog category. Wow, that's that's interesting. Now, now you, speaking of service, you have a train to service program that prepares dogs to assist people like seniors and other people with disabilities and medical conditions. Uh, plus, you have a program for veterans with PTSD. Can you explain about all this? Yeah, the. Uh program we have we we adopt a lot of dogs and rescue a lot of dogs a lot of owners surrenders um one of my clients is uh, he flies him to chicago for every year to recertify his dog but he had ptsd to, to an extreme uh, disorder where he actually get violent so we had to teach that dog to alert him and the dog does that by getting up against his leg and touching his leg with his foot and that dog was a rescue dog we found running loose over in santiago canyon with another dog. And the other dog was not a service dog personality, so we trained it as a pet, and it's now in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. And this other dog's in Chicago. Her name is Bean. She's, you know, opens and closes doors. Aww. She looks like a coffee bean. And she plays soccer, she does tricks, but she protects him when he's under threat because he's on the road in a big truck all the time. So he drives Aww. all these big oversized loads. So that dog goes from state to state with him because you know, in, in his situation, he's now learned to alert, let the dog alert him, and he's changed his life. But the over-the-road thing is a danger because people that drive those big trucks carry a lot of cash normally and get robbed a lot. So we do, oh, um, so we do work with a lot of different things, yeah. That's, that's amazing. And I understand that you worked with uh, Robbie at Blue Sea Care to create the easy program, Elder Assistance service dog for you so it helps seniors avoid surrendering their pets to shelters when they're focused uh, when they're forced to downsize and move to facilities that don't accept pets so can you share about this 
Well, a lot of, like I say, a lot of people don't train their dogs, and when they do have to downsize or they have to move to a new environment, the dog's not used to that. Right. So what we do is we go in, you know, like if a dog moves from the country, country dogs are totally different than city dogs. And when a city dog moves to the country, it's totally different. So that, the example there is we have to retrain the dog because usually when you move to the country, you get a bunch of animals and they're not used to that. And when they move to the city, they're used to having a lot of territory and, and ground to cover. So they escape, you know, they're not used to being in small confined areas like yards and stuff like that. So the retraining gets the dog ready. So if, even if the senior can't physically let the dog out and stuff, we build potty boxes. We teach the dog how to use a doggy door. We teach it how to come, sit, stay. You know, it makes it easier for the person with a disability. Right. And then maybe they could have somebody come and walk the dog so that the dog has his own respite once in a while if they're especially confined to a small apartment or something like that. Right. They, well, you know, dogs don't need to be. Everybody says walk a dog, make it tired. Give the dog 10 minutes after your back and it's just it's got as much energy. So what really keeps a dog calm is training with them. They love to be trained. It, not only does it give them a physical stress, but it gives them a mental stress. And the way you see this in a dog is they yawn. When they're under psychological stress, they yawn. That's when you know you're being effective because now you're, you're taxing his brain to improve it. And I think it's a big fallacy that people think you have to walk a dog. You walk a dog because it's pleasurable. You know, you want a dog that's going to listen to you when you're out in public, go potty when you tell them eat when you tell them, drink when you tell them, just makes life so much easier and it makes the pet a better part of the family. Oh, I see. Art to Wellness is Blue Sea Care's signatory successful aging program. It is founded on the principles of person-centered care to meet all home care needs. I see. Um, so now with COVID, here's a COVID-related question. Now, with so many people going back to work, um, will pets start to experience separation anxiety? Um, you know, they've been living 24-7 with their owners, and now they'll have to relearn how to manage this kind of disruption. Um, is separation anxiety real among animals, too? And if yes. so, how should people approach it? Well, separation anxiety, like we have a lot of clients right now that have dogs that they rescue because a lot of the rescues are empty because during COVID, everybody's been getting dogs. I've got neighbors all around me that never had dogs have them now. Wow. And the, the thing that's going on is when they spend 24-7 with the dog and they're not training it because dogs and puppies, they have, and this sounds crazy, but they like to nest. So we use a, a, a very kennel, which is a shipping crate, to let them nest and get their rest. And so they can be separated from you. Because when you hang around a dog 24 seven and you go to work, that separation anxiety is, is very severe. And they end up being destructive, loud. Uh, you know, I've had dogs dive through plate glass, second story plate glass windows, tear up the carpet, chew through the doors and the walls because of the separation anxiety. I have a lot of customers who have tickets for uh, noise abatement. Mm. Um, so the best thing they can do is right now, before they go to work, is to start putting the dog outside a little bit, start putting him in a crate a little bit, getting him used to being away from him, let him have his downtime. Most dogs sleep 14 to 16 hours a day, you know? So 
most of the destruction is done in the first 25 minutes after the person leaves. And most of the barking goes on all day long. And we're seeing uh, quite a bit of that right now. Yeah, we've got one down the street barks all day when the owner leaves. And um, just, I think it's almost like a puppy. So it's just barking and crying all day. So. Right. And that's what puppies do. Especially yeah. if you baby them and then leave them. You know, because everybody's everybody's always on their dog. You know, when I say always on their dog, I mean patting them, holding them, laying with them, having them in bed with them. Mm -hmm. And when you first get a dog, those are that's pretty much the wrong thing to do. The first thing you want to do is establish a bond that makes the dog comfortable, that mm -hmm. makes the dog feel like part of the family. Then you don't have to deal with the issues. But everybody gets them right away, and they start hugging and cuddling, and then and that's like I tell people, you know, before COVID, not to buy a dog on a weekend. Buy a puppy during the week when you have to go to work. That way it establishes the routine. And then when you do get the weekend off, off and want to sleep in, you can because the puppy's not going to be bothering you. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a routine. We call it baby steps. Definitely. It's, it's pretty tricky. It, it is pretty tricky. Believe me, I, I've got cats, but I've tried dog before. And then I said, well, you know, I work like eight to 10 hours a day. And um, they said, oh, it should be no problem. Just give them a little bone with some peanut butter and they'll be fine. Well, my neighbors, you know, said it was Harry Carey because it was howling and crying the entire day. They said that it sounded like someone was beating the poor thing. So that didn't last very long. I, I just didn't, you know, I didn't have the time to go through whatever because it was an older dog. So uh, what do you so do? He already, he already had separation anxiety when you got him. Yes. Yeah, he did. I must have been like an elderly couple that was there all the time. So the minute I left, it was like Harry Carey. <laughs> yeah, there, there are techniques to get rid of all that, those behaviors, but it's, it's, it's being dedicated on your end because we're training you as much as we're training the animal. And it's teaching you how to rethink. And most people think like humans, and that's what causes the separation anxiety. You know, 30, 40 years ago, you didn't see very much separation anxiety because people treated their dogs like dogs. Now they treat them like human babies. That's true, that's a good point. Now, now I also wanted to talk to you about the, the wonders of pet therapy, because I've seen it and you've seen it. I've seen, you know, I've worked at hospitals where they have pet therapy dogs that come and visit the patients. They cry with so much joy. And in pediatric units, they get the pets coming in and it just kind of changes their entire outlook. So could you share a little bit about that in your experience over all these years? Yeah, well, my experience has been that when you have a therapy dog in a hospital, and we do that same thing, okay. and as these dogs go through training, that's one of the, the courses we put them through because you have to learn to be around sick people and elderly. And some dogs panic when they're around somebody sick because they can smell the illness. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a cancer dog. I, my own dog told me I had cancer 16 years ago. Wow. But he was trained for he was trained for cancer. So we'd walk down the hallways in the VA, and if you had cancer, the dog would sit in front of you and touch you. If you didn't have cancer, he'd just smell you and pass you by. So I had had a cancer test uh, 10 days prior to me being diagnosed with cancer, mm -hmm. and I called my doctor. I said, hey, you know my dog? He goes, yeah. He said, everybody loves your dog. And I'm, I'm like, well, Dr. Jenkins, uh, you know, here's the fact of the matter is my dog's telling me I have cancer. He said, well, Steve, we just tested you 10 days ago. He said, but come in tomorrow morning, we'll run the test again. And I had a very aggressive pancreas, I mean, not pancreas, but, um, oh, what is it? I've had so many cancers, so I remember which one it was. Oh my God. <laughs> Prostate cancer. 
oh. Nova State Camp. Okay. So that was my first one. Then uh, leukemia was one of the next ones that my dog alerted on. But I trust my dogs way better than I trust the machines and the x-rays and the MRIs because the dogs don't lie. That's one thing dogs don't do. They don't lie. And they kind of tell on the owner, you know, the minute I see a dog, I can tell you exactly what's going on in the home just by the dog's personality because I've done this for over 50 years. So when I see an animal's behavior, I know whether it's human caused or if it's a brooding problem. Um, and there's a little story about Robbie at Blue Seas that he brought me a lab and I told him within two seconds and he just met me within about two seconds. I said, that dog will never be a service dog. You'll be lucky to even get it trained because it was an inbred dog that he'd bought some from backyard breeder and the dog was way too independent for even a pet. And so Robbie tried for six months to train the dog. I said, it's going to, it's going to hurt everybody in your family. You need to, this is a dog that shouldn't be alive. And I don't say that very often. And I said, he's not going to be good for anybody. I ended up seeing three of those dogs from that same litter. They were all the same way. It was a breeding problem. And wow. Robbie finally came to me. Robbie probably came to me about his son who has autism. And I said, Robbie, I've got the perfect dog. I said, as soon as you walk through that door after this first lesson, I said, that dog will know exactly what's going on with your son in a matter of minutes. I said, because he's been scent trained. He knows how to respond. And... Robbie, you know, went from my facility to his home, and about 20 minutes after he was there, he gave me a call, and he goes, I can't believe this. I said, most a properly trained dog is an asset, and it really does make life easier, especially for the single moms, because the dog becomes a babysitter for the whole family and kind of a protector of the whole family. Right. So it really does change your life. You know, whether the child's at the high end of the autism spectrum or whether he's at the very friendly end of the spectrum, which Robbie's son is very friendly. So we had to train the dog not not to let him walk away with strangers. So there was training after the dog went into the home, but all that pre-training got, got him ready for the owner. So we customized each dog to each home and each, each op, uh, operation and to the family because they have to learn as much as the dog knows. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Do you have any stories of, you know, since we work with seniors, do you have any se senior success stories for elderly? Yeah, I, I have a bunch of veterans um, that are, you know, uh, physically disabled and seniors. Um, I have uh, a gal with a Doberman that she had bought and um, a big dog, beautiful dog, that had no training, very independent, you know. So she brings it to me, and I, and I start training with her. And now the dog is used for to, her total mobility support, where before she was using a walker. The dog assists her in and out of chairs. The dog goes to the VA with her. He, um, you know, like when my dogs go to the VA, if I, if, I, if I show up without a dog, all my doctors yell at me. They're like, why are you didn't bring your dog? You know, because she, she hits the little pads that opens the doors. And I'll be walking down the hallway. And there'll be a bunch of seniors sitting in a waiting area, and I'll shoot my dog. I'll go bang, and she'll do a real dramatic fall. To the oh, head. how cute! <laughs> and then, and she'll just lay there until I say break. And then when she says break, I tell her to give me a hug, and she gives me a hug. Oh. And then I tell her wave at everybody, and she waves at everybody. And I oh. tell her take a bow now. We're gonna go on, and she'll bow. And and she, you know, if somebody wants to see her, I take her vest off before I let anybody else pet her. I take her service vest off, and then she's really good with everybody. Everybody oh. just adores my dogs. What kind I, of dog is she, that, the one that you're talking about? I have three Chesapeake, retrain, Chesapeake Bay Retriever males that are trained that are uh, going to be up for adoption. And I have a female for me. Her name is Jazz. Oh. And I 
I picked all the, I picked 16 of them from a breeder um, in North San Diego County. It's really a good breeder. And every one of those dogs is in a service home working either with a child or an adult. Some of them for night terrors, some for autism, some for PTSD, dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, peanut allergies, food allergies. So like I say, we do the foundational training. Then we can just direct that dog what way we want as wow. the owners. That is amazing. That is amazing. Well, you've talked about a lot of things that I, I really didn't know about. It's just a mystery to me about how you train a dog to do so many things. But they are smart, and like you say, they are willing. Um, do you have any final um, words of inspiration that you would like to share about someone who's considering a pet or uh, for pet therapy? Or uh, Well, my advice, if you're going to buy a dog, um, always talk and get a lot of research on it. And do a lot of background because usually, you know, dogs are about the same size and looks as their parents, same weight. Um, but you want to check for physical problems. You know, all of our dogs go through a very detailed genetic physical and x-ray physical before we put a lot of time and money into them. And they don't come home and go right straight into your arms. They come home and we start the training because that, tra that foundational training is going to change the whole life with the pet. Mm -hmm. Then the pet can go with you everywhere. So, you know, my advice to people is train first, spoil later. And I do spoil my dogs pretty bad. But they listen no matter what situation I'm in. Okay. So with a therapy dog, it'll change your life. It really will. It'll change people's lives, and I get to see it every day. That's wonderful. So train first, spoil later. That's really good. <laughs> and that Well, you know, a lot of times when we see a pet, and you look at the parents and you look at the family and you look at the pet, the dogs are pretty much what the children are like. And, it, you know, if the dog's out of control, usually you see the, some of the kids out of control. Ah. The rules are about the same. They need foundational training. Oh, that's, that's kids and dogs are very closely related. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So maybe they should just, if they don't know what to do, they should just call you. So, you know, you have a website, yep. Steve Welts. Steve Welch, like the grape juice, canine rehabilitation, right? Yep, and I've got an 800-400 uh, obey number too. Oh, how do, oh, so what is the number? It's 800-400 obey. Oh, 800. Okay, obey. 800-400 obey. That's great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're very busy, and I'm so glad that we got to talk to you. Well, thank you for inviting me. Great. Well, how, yeah, well, it helps how, educate the public. Oh, I'm sorry. Say that again. I said it helps educate the public. Yes, it sure. It certainly does. Well, thank you and have a great afternoon. Take care, Steve. You all take care. Bye bye. Bye bye.